0: Good morning, brothers and sisters. Good morning, brother. If we could turn in our Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 18. 2 Kings 18. The portion is lengthy, so let's not spend too much time. And uh, let's go ahead and start reading in verse 1. 2 Kings 18, verse 1. I'm reading from King James. Now it came to pass in the third year of Hoshea the son of Elah, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. Twenty and five years old was he when he began to reign, and he reigned twenty and nine years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was also Abi, the, son, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that David his father did. He removed the high places and he broke the images and cut down the groves and break in pieces the brazen serpent that Moses had made. For unto those days the children of Israel did burn incense to it. And he called it Nehushtan, and he trusted in the Lord, uh, the Lord God of Israel, so that after him was none like him among the kings of Judah, nor any before him, for he cleave uh, to the Lord and departed not from following him. He kept the commandments which the Lord commanded Moses, and the Lord was with him, and he prosper, prospered uh, whithersoever he went forth. And he rebelled against the king of Assyria and served him not. He smote the Philistines even unto Gaza and the borders thereof, from the tower of the watchman to the fence city. And it came to pass in the fourth year of King Hezekiah, which was the seventh year of Hosea, the son of Elah, the king of Israel, that Shalmaneser, the king of Assyria, came up against Samaria and besieged it. At the end of the three years, they took it. Even in the sixth year of Hezekiah, that is the ninth year of Hosea, the king of Israel, Samaria was taken. And the king of Assyria did carry away Israel unto Assyria and put them in Hela and in Habor. Uh, by the river of Gozan And in the cities of the Medes Because they did not obey the voice of the Lord their God But transgressed his covenant And all that Moses, a servant of the, of the Lord commanded And would not hear from them nor do them Now in the fourteenth year of, uh, of King Hezekiah the Sennacherib King of Assyria Come up against the fenced cities of Judah Going down to verse 17 and the king of Assyria sent Tartan, uh, Rapsaris, and Rabshaka from Lachish to the king Hezekiah with a great host against Jerusalem. And they went up and came up against Jerusalem. And, went, uh, and when they uh, were come up, they came and stood by the conduit of the upper pool, which is in the highway of the fuller's field. And when they called to the king, there came out Eliakim, there came out him the son of Hilkiah, which was over the households, and household, and Shebna the scribe, and Joah the son of Ashba, the recorder. And Rabshakeh said unto them, Speak thee now to Hezekiah. Thus saith the great king, the king of Assyria, What confidence is this wherein thou trustest? Sayest, but these are vain words. I have counseled and strength for war. Now in whom dost thou trust that thou rebellest against me? Now behold, thou trustest upon the staff of this bruised reed, even upon Egypt, on which if a man lean, it will go through his hand and pierce it. So is Pharaoh, king of Egypt, unto all that put their trust in him. But if he say, We trust in the Lord our God... It is not he whose high places and whose altars Hezekiah hath taken away and has said to Judah and Jerusalem, shall we worship before this altar? Uh, ye shall worship before this altar in Jerusalem. Now therefore I pray thee, give pledges to my king, to the to my lord uh, king of Assyria, and I will deliver thee two thousand horses. If thou be able on thy part to set riders upon them, how then wilt thou turn away the face of one captain of the least of my master servants and put thy trust on Egypt for chariots or horsemen or for horsemen? Now I am come up with without the Lord against this place to destroy it. The Lord said to me, go up against this land and destroy it. Then uh, El- Elkayam, the son of Hilkiah, and Shebna and Joah, the uh, unto Rabshakeh, speak, I pray thee, unto the servants, unto thy servants, in the Syrian language, for we understand it, and talk not to us uh, in the Jews language in the ears of the people that are on the wall. But Rabshakeh said unto them, Hath my master sent me uh, to thy master and to thee to speak these words? Hath he not sent uh, me to, to the men who sit on this wall that they may eat their own dung and drink their own piss with you? Then Rabshakeh cr- stood and cried and with a loud voice in the Jews language and spake saying, Hear the words of the great king of Assyria. Thus saith the king, Let not Hezekiah deceive you, for he shall not be able to deliver you Out of his hand. Neither let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord, saying, "The Lord will surely deliver us, and the city shall not be delivered into the hand of the king of Assyria." Hearken not to Hezekiah, for thus saith the king of Assyria: Make a covenant with me by present, come out to me, and then eat every man of his own vine, and every man of his own fig tree, and drink every one of the waters of his own cistern, until I come and take you away. To a land like your own, a land of corn and wine, a land of bread and of vineyard. It's a land of oil, olive oil and honey, that ye may live and not die. And hearken not unto Hezekiah when he persu- uh, persuadeth you, saying, "The Lord will deliver us." Hath any of the gods of the nations delivered at all all his his land out of the hand of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamath, the gods of Arpas, and the gods of uh, Seraphim and Hina and Iva? Have they delivered Samaria out of out of mine hand? Who are they among the gods of the countries uh, that delivered the uh, that ha- that have delivered their country out of mine hand? That the Lord should deliver Jerusalem out of mine hand? But the people held their peace and answered him not a word, for the kids command, king's commandment was saying, answer him not. Then Elkiah, the son of Helkiah, uh, which was over the household, and Shebna the scribe, and Joah the son of Ashva, the recorder, uh, to Hezekiah with the, their clothes rent and told them all the words of Rav Shaka. Let's look to the Lord for guidance. Our gracious Lord and our Father, we're so thankful for these ancient stories that tell us great truths, great truths about the character of your person, Lord. We ask that uh, we would hear thy word, Father, and that it would have an effect in our very lives, how we conduct ourselves, how we think about matters to come, Lord. We ask that Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will get the glory this morning. In his name we do pray. Amen. I apologize uh, if I mess up some of the pronunciations concerning gods and places. Um, but who knows what's the, the correct pronunciation. This, um, this portion of scripture, the story of Hezekiah, his... Uh, Revival, if you will, and the restoration uh, of the people come at a very interesting point in the history. Talking about historically uh, the the nation of Judah, specifically the Southern Kingdom. Um, It's important to think that we read a verse uh, like in verse five that he trusted in the Lord God of Israel, for that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah. This is including. David, uh, nor any that were before him. This is an incredible, incredible um, aspect of this, this king. Um, and if, you, if you look at our portion that we read, uh, the, the, just the volume of, of scripture, the amount of scripture that's dedicated to this king, King Hezekiah, is, is the most that there is allotted to any king with the exception of uh, Solomon and David, which is saying quite a lot. Uh, Sure, in in the the history of of the kings of, of Israel, they were all terrible and the kings of Judah, some were good and some were bad. And it's almost when you're reading through the historical accounts, it's almost like a breath of fresh air. Oh yes, I got to asa there there's there's some good, there's some good, and then you get to another scoundrel and then you get to the Hush, uh, jehoshaphat and then you get to a jehoash and um uh, but even then they they have their own wrinkles they have their own their own sins and, and sure enough Hezekiah has his own his own uh, uh flaws but it, it's it's a breath of fresh air to to get to a portion of scripture that there's an abundance of goodness uh and uh, good examples that we could. Uh, look into and study um, Like I said there's, there's really three portions There's in Second uh, Kings uh, Chapter 18 through 19 There's uh, the account In Second Chronicles uh, 20, uh, 29 through 30 And then there's, there's also accounts of this uh, Specifically about Sennacherib In the book of Or the, the prophecy of Isaiah Which is the prophet that they um, Consult when they go asking Praying before the Lord and there's different aspects. Even though the story is the same, it's important when you consider similar portions of Scripture to see what the main differences are. right? There's, God is, is writing these things for a reason, and it's important for us to distinguish what is the difference between the accounts. What is the Spirit of the Lord telling us? Um, you could say that the account in Second Kings is more of a historical, where, where uh, Israel uh, stood politically, how they regained their power, where they came through, what they did. The, the account in Second Chronicles focuses more on the house, the Lord. It has to deal more with the spiritual aspect of the, the historical still, but the spiritual aspect of, of Israel's restoration, uh, if you will, and and the portion in, in uh, Isaiah would, would go more into detail about this encounter with Sennacherib, and the king, of, uh, the defeat of the king of Assyria, and also uh, Hezekiah's sickness. Uh, before we go too much astray, I'm going to focus mostly on the, the, the account in Second Kings. Ahaz was a terrible king. Ahaz was one of the worst kings. He was one of the kings that that it would say that he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. One of the key verses to not unlocking, it's not a mystery. When it gives the account of a king, it always it sticks it out right in front. When it introduces the king, he did that which was evil or he did that which was good. And it compares the king to two persons, to his father David. He did that which was good. According to the ways of his father, David, referring to not his direct father, but his ancestor, David, the king, in which David was a man after God's own heart. He fully served the Lord. And then the other character is Jeroboam, the son of Namath. And in his uh, flaw, the thing that he did was so evil, he made the people to sin by introducing idolatry. Then he turned the people's hearts away from God and he would set up uh, places to worship that was not in Jerusalem and And so, when a king is introduced, there will be these two categories of where they would fall in and Now, think of the state this this young man if anybody if anybody has an out to just say it 's not my fault, look what I had to work with it 's not my fault. I do this that I, I think this way that i 'm sitting like this. Some of the most godly men that I know did not have a Christian household, did not have godly parents and here this man. Hezekiah, you could say he had probably the worst king of, of the kings of, of Judah where he it, it would say uh, in the account of Ahaz that, that he would make his sons walk through fire meaning that he would sacrifice his children to the god, the, the idol Moloch which was of a statue that would have a, a fire a furnace and, the, and had arms extended so historians say and they would place these children and they just would burn alive as a sacrifice to these idols now think of the, the, the abomination that this king is introducing to a, a, a nation that has direct revelation uh, from the true One and Living God, and and, ah- and and Hezekiah would would be around this. He was there when when there was this big load, this this basically the shackles placed from Assyria. By this time, when when Hezekiah came into power, the nation of of, of Judah was basically just a vassal. To the empire, to Assyrian empire, and they will put this heavy burden on them, and and it happened in a way because it was his father's fault. He would see that the north, the northern kingdom, was trying to rebel, and this is again accounts of this are also in the book of Isaiah, where where Syria was confederate with Ephraim, where we were the northern kingdom, and they're going to war against them. So what does he do? He goes to the Assyrians and becomes their servants. In order to prevail. But the Lord, it's not that he didn't have a choice. The Lord would go to him. And remember that in chapter 7 of Isaiah. Where, where Isaiah would, would go before King Ahaz. And he would say, ask for a sign. Ask for a sign. And think of the greatest sign. The, the most incredible thing. And the Lord will give it to you. Ask for, for this mountain to move. He's, he's trying to restore uh, his faith in the Lord. But Ahaz would not. And, and it, it's funny that he would be at the same place, the Fuller's Field, by the, the condor of the upper pool, where, where Isaiah would confront King Ahaz. And he would tell him to, that, there, that, that the northern kingdom, confederate with Syria, would not. They, it's not going to come. The Lord's going to give you a sign. He's trying to, to, to prove to Ahaz. And Ahaz will play the pious man and say, I will not tempt the Lord. And yet he will go and tempt other countries, such as Assyria. Syria such as Egypt wicked wicked times that Hezekiah would see it makes you almost ponder how godly was this man's mother for him to turn out the way that he had I mean scripture doesn't say it but it's it's almost implied that he's raised by this wicked king maybe his mother knew the Lord maybe it's just an encouragement to the moms out there and the grandmothers to raise their children in the ways of the Lord um so Hezekiah, in contrast to his father, he did that which was right. Now, if if you read these two chapters in in Second Kings, now, not nothing profound. It's just I'm I'm looking for the obvious. In what's the theme? What is the, what what's the, what's the, what gives Hezekiah his success? Well, I just circled a few words. It's a theme that I found throughout. I might have missed some, but just to point them out, it says in verse five he trusted in the Lord. Verse six he clave to the Lord. In, um, in in verse nineteen, here's Rapschak asking, "What confidence is this? Where in thou trusteth?" Verse twenty one, thou trusteth. Uh, uh, in verse twenty two, we trust. In verse twenty four, thy trust. In verse 30 You trust Is it pretty obvious The question is Where is your trust Trust Now this term This is an Old Testament term That is used um, At the same time in the New Testament By the word faith The word faith In the Latin the, 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 The root of the word is Fideus that's where we get our word fidelity, of trust. Uh, if if you talk to somebody now about faith, they'll go on and turn, you religious people, you, you, you have, you, you're a man of faith. They don't say it as a compliment. They say it as an insult. You believe in the unknown. You have blind faith. That's not what true faith is. Faith is based on trust, on evidence. If I say, I have faith in my wife, that she will carry out this task. I'm not saying... I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just jumping into a cliff by trusting my wife. No, no, no. it's the, uh, the exact opposite. If I'm saying I have faith in my wife is because there's, there's already evidence there. There's already uh, ex- past experiences that I see that I could trust, that I have faith in my wife. So the question is, who do you have your trust? In whom do you have your trust? And this theme would keep coming up through this entire uh, account of Hezekiah now just to say that Hezekiah trusted the Lord alright that's no, no no tall task nothing big is it really considering the circumstances that he gains a throne that he has this, this uh, ruthless empire that's upon him that he's sick if you take a look at the chronological uh, order of events it, in the 14th year in the 14th year is when Sennacherib comes. It was that same year that he's told by the Lord that he's sick unto death. And he's, he's dealing with health issues. He's dealing with an empire coming. He's dealing with trying to uh, to, to bring the people back to the ways of the Lord, to restore the, uh, uh, the house of God, to establish um, worship, to put away idolatry. And all these things are happening. And, and it may be easy for you to say, ah, oh, he trusted in the Lord. You trust in the Lord. I think it was Scott DeGroff was telling us a story of a missionary, I forget, somewhere in Africa, where, where the missionary said, you don't know what it is to trust. To trust in the Lord. Because the circumstances over there, they have to trust in the Lord, knowing that tomorrow, they might get killed for a task that they're trying to pray for. And they have to wholeheartedly trust And they have to walk by faith, fully lean on the Lord. They have to cleave to the Lord. And this was Hezekiah. He trusted the Lord. That's where his strength came. In in verse 4, he removed false confidence from the people. He cut down. A lot of kings said that they removed uh, the idols from the high places. Uh, In Hezekiah's case, it says that he cut cut them down um, and would destroy them. This, this serpent, right? It was used as a, a, a symbol in the wilderness of the sacrifice to come. The people took it as as a relic instead of burning incense to it. Yet at, when Hezekiah got to, to rule, the, the doors of the temple were shut. But yet there were burning incense to this brazen serpent. And he would destroy it. And he would name it Hushtan, which just means a piece of brass, He's trying to show them this is nothing. This is just a piece of brass. And this is something that even today, in today's society, people fall into this trap. They, they, they wear the little crosses. They kiss them before they're going to do some hard task. They have faith in, in objects and not of the person. makes me think of the story of when, when Jesus Christ was going to go heal Jairus' daughter and, and he says, someone touched me. Someone Touched me. Disciples are like, Lord, there's tons of people around you. Of course there's somebody. No. And, and and did he do that just, and pointed out the woman, did he do that just to embarrass her? No, she she had faith and said, if I would just touch the hem of his garment, if I would just touch the hem of his garment, Jesus Christ, in, in a sense, when he would point her out, he would say what? Thy, thy faith has made you whole. Thy faith, not the garment. So that everybody would know. Imagine if, if people were been like, how did you get better? I touched the garment of Christ. Well, well, where can we get that garment? Let's get a piece of it. And even today, in, 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 in certain sects uh, of, of, of so-called the church, they have holy water. They have crosses. They have little statues that they burn candles to. This is all a trap. This is all misplacement of trust, of faith. To have faith in, the, in this, this dirty water from a certain city to say that oh this, this water is going to get sprinkled on me, and it 's going to make me well, brothers and sisters, we trust in the lord we don 't trust in objects and in relics, so he would uh, turn the people away from false from, uh, from false confidence in, in, in these relics, and he would turn them to the Lord, he would trust. In the Lord, he would have faith in the Lord God, where it would again that that great compliment that there was none before him or none like after him from the kings, and then you see that he would clave unto the Lord. He clave. There certain uh, portions of Scripture where where this same word would be used. In um, I think I always think of, of Ruth when he, she would cleave to her mother-in-law, and and it would show great faith on her part that. She would just cleave to her, even though she would tell her, go back to your people. And she would say, no, I, where you will go, I will go. Your people shall be my people. Your God shall be my God. He would see, she would, she would realize, uh, that in Naomi, in, in, in her God, there was something different than from the Moabites. And she would cleave to her. And Joshua, before Joshua, uh, passed away, when he would give encouragement, to uh, to the people in his old age, and he would give a reaccount of what the Lord hath done, and he would encourage him, cleave unto the Lord, as you have done unto this day, trying to encourage him to proceed, to push forth. And then you see in contrast, in verse twelve, the the, the difference between uh, Judah and Hezekiah and Israel, that they were taken away captive. Verse twelve it says, because they did not obey the voice of the Lord their God, but transgress his covenant, and all that Moses' servant the Lord commanded, they would not hear them nor do them. In contrast to verse 6, Hezekiah would keep the word of the Lord. Now that's, that's, that's an amazing thing. If you say that you trust in the Lord, that means that you would, you would take a hold of God's word. That's an evidence. By this we know that we are children of God right if, if we do his commandments uh, it would say in first in John and if somebody says that, I'm a Christian I have faith I trust in God and yet this is just words this is just a book in the shelf that doesn't govern that doesn't control their lives that that does it has no effect on them is it do they really have confidence in the Lord um, so we got to I, I skip some some verses. Sennacherib comes and and Hezekiah falters for a little bit. He he gives pledges to Sennacherib and actually gives him a wealth of abundance where he has to take down the gold from the doors, the temple and everything that's in the king's house. And yet the Syrians will come a second time because putting trust in worldly things... Never, it's, it's never going to be the solution to the problem Just as it wasn't for Israel It wasn't going to be for Hezekiah And, and this, this, this empire would come and threaten again And they would come to the same place Where the Lord would confront Ahaz To put his trust in the Lord And, and here this, this character named Rabshaka, Which is one of, one of the commanders of the king of Assyria Sennacherib, the king of Assyria would come and he would threaten. And how would, he, how would he threaten? How would he defy the true and living God? He would start mocking trust. The issue of trust. Where is your confidence? Where is your trust? And then he would go on to mock. Is it in this, this reed that if you lean on, it will break and pierce your hand? Egypt. As it was the same case for Israel. They would try to conspire against the Assyrians. And it would betray them. Or is your trust in the Lord our God? And this is capital L. Is, is, is Hezekiah telling you your trust should be in the Lord? And yet he would still have a misconstrued uh, knowledge of who the Lord really is. He would say, "Didn't Hezekiah take down his his altars?" And, and it happens today in Christendom, where, where you say, "I'm a Christian," and then they start accusing you like, "Oh, you guys are haters, you're bigots." You don't like this You don't do that you, you have the crusades What a barbaric thing It was in your history When they, they just Bunch all that up And, and associate it with Christianity When that's not Christianity They associate it with violence and hate And we have to be able to give an account Of what Christianity is What it means to be a Christian So the, 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 again Israel, uh, uh, Hezekiah is challenged Where is your trust and a, the, the mockery goes even further when when he tells they tell Rabshakeh to speak in the Syrian language so that the people's hearts are not disheartened. And he would go on and, and push the, the, the matter even further. And that's when we get to chapter 19 where they would bring this message from Rabshakeh. They would rent their clothes and Hezekiah, being sick to death, having all this political pressure on him, now, the people hearing these, these things, they, he doesn't know they're going to turn, but he puts his confidence again in the Lord. And Isaiah would, would, uh, would intervene, and the Lord would speak through Isaiah. In verse 6, it says, uh, Isaiah said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Be not afraid the words of which thou hast heard, which the servant king of Assyria has blasphemed. It's important to, to note where Hezekiah runs to. He doesn't run to, Egypt. He doesn't run to some other kingdom for help. He trusts in the Lord. There's a a verse in in Psalms chapter 20 verse 7. My mom used to put on a CD of of Steve Green as a kid and I always found it puzzling because it would would sing uh, this verse. It says, some trust in chariots and some trust in horses but we remember the name of the Lord our God. It, perhaps it doesn't g- grasp the meaning today because back then horses and chariots were a symbol of power, war engines, and that the the people, the army with the greatest cavalry usually would prevail. But here, this is the word this is one of the Psalms of David. You want you almost wonder, if Hezekiah would would study the, some of the writings of his great 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 great, great, great grandfather, and, and and take this into account. Some trust in horses, but he. Our confidence, our trust is in the Lord. Even though he sees this great host right outside the city, how the, how the, the strong cities have fallen, and the, every kingdom has fallen before this great empire, yet he would trust in the Lord. And Isaiah would tell him, Be not afraid of the words which thou hast heard. Behold, I will send a blast upon him, and he shall hear a rumor and return to his own land. And I will cause him to fall by the sword. In his own land. So he's saying, Hezekiah, fear not. I, the Lord, won't let this happen. As a matter of fact, I'm going to make him go away, and he's going to die by sword in his own land. And so the, the account goes, and I'm not going to read it just because of time's sake, Rabshakeh returned and found that the king of Assyria was warring. So the, the, this rumor of war happened, and they got dispersed. So in, in it might be frustration or, or just a last-ditch effort to, to have a quick conquest. He sends him a letter that's even more threatening and even more mocking the God of Israel, the true and living God. And he re- would recount the, the kingdoms he would take in, and, and it, it would be just a terrifying letter. And what does Hezekiah do? Does his is faith falter? No, he grabs the letter. He just spreads it before the Lord. He spreads it. Before the Lord. And he, he asks, he, he, he says, Lord, look at these beautiful words. Of truth, Lord, the kings of Assyria have destroyed all the nations. He's telling the truth. He's destroyed all the nations and all their gods and have cast their gods into fire for they were no gods but the work of men's hands of wood and stone. Therefore, they, they have destroyed them. Now, O oh Lord, Our God, I beseech thee, save us out of his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord God, even thou only. And Hezekiah is acknowledging the fact, yes, he's destroyed all the gods of all the nations, but they are no gods. They are no gods. Uh, Isaiah the prophet would, would write, in the book of Isaiah, I think in chapter forty four, that he how a, a carpenter would go out, he would cut a cedar, and he would use part of it to heat the furnace for coal, to bake goods. He would cut another piece and carve it and then make an image and then bow before it and then say, Save me. This is what the nations do. Save me. They are no gods. They are no gods. That thou our Lord God, even thou only. And this is, the, this is the message. This is where where Hezekiah's strength would come, trusting in the Lord. And then the Lord again would be gracious and, and restore his faith. Uh, not that it needed to be restored, but he would confirm it and he would give him signs. We're not going to go into the signs that he gives them, but one of the signs or one of the things that he does is that he sends just one angel very, very unclimatic. You think of all this build-up of this story. And then in one verse, And it came to pass that night that the angel of the Lord went out and smote the camp of the Assyrians, 185,000. Just like he just throws it in there. Oh, and by the way, we, the Lord did this. There's nothing, too no, no task too big for our God. There's nothing too difficult for our God. He, he, he tells Hezekiah and assures him there's not even going to be one arrow fired into the city. Now you think about it. There's this great host. You would think that one guy would just be like, ah, oh, let me see what happens. And cast. Not even one arrow would go into the city. And nonetheless, he would just send one angel. What makes you think the power of of our Lord God. When, when, when Jesus Christ would, would rebuke Peter, when he was trying to defend him, he goes, Peter, don't you know that at my request, my father would send 12 legions of angels. 12! And here's just one. Take care of the Assyrians. And yet Sennacherib would go, return to his land, and he would be slain by his two sons. Prophecies fulfilled, signs Showing that the Lord, he is God. Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord, our God. We are very short in time. I just would like to point out a couple of themes found in, 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 in Second Chronicles. Just to, I think they'll be beneficial. Uh, These accounts of Hezekiah come into already into his reign, um, where where he's already destroying idols. If you notice the accounts in uh, in Chronicles, it begins at year one, first month. And it's not until the fourth year that, that Hezekiah rebels against the Assyrians that he tears down the, the idols. Uh, it, it goes to show you that if revival is going to happen amongst God's people, there's certain things that need to happen. You can't have the, the, the faith and confidence that Hezekiah had. is not something that just magically appears. There's things that needed to be taken care of. The first thing in, in, in chapter 29, verse 3, it says, In the first year of his reign, in the first month, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. This is something that his father did. Shut up. Shut up worship. There had nothing to do with with the Lord. They were so far off the very first month of his reign. He began restoring the house of the Lord, setting in order the house of God and he would get the priests the Levites tell them to consecrate themselves for they have been defiled and reestablish worship reestablishing that fellowship they had with God the Father and in in chapter 30 uh, 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 preparations for for the Passover he would uh, have them again uh, celebrate the Passover which they had not done reminding the people what is it that saved you how did we get here How are we freed from captivity from Egypt? Christian, if you're going to have any kind of faith and confidence in God, your spiritual life has to be in order. You have to remember the Lord. Remember what you were saved from. By what means? Through Jesus Christ. Through faith in Christ alone. Not through your own strength. What confidence are you going to have in God if, if, if you're completely quenching the spirit completely away from from remembering the Lord it's such a privilege to remember the Lord in the morning every Sunday morning remember me the Lord Jesus Christ would tell his disciples before he would go give his life and then just one last thing in, in Isaiah when we're talking about uh, Hezekiah's sickness there's, there's uh, some different uh, trains of thought regarding his sickness he would pray uh, to the Lord And he would say O Lord I beseech thee How I have walked before thee In truth With a perfect heart And I have done all uh, Which is good in thy sight And Hezekiah wept sorely uh, The Lord would hear And he would send Isaiah And tell him He goes I will deliver thee in This city Out of the king of Assyria And defend the city And, and, and the previous verse says uh, Thus saith the Lord God of David thy father I have heard thy prayer And I have seen thy tears before me And I will add to thy days Fifteen years And he would answer Hezekiah's um, Prayer regarding his life he, And you could kind of see that It's just a very stressful time He's, he's seen uh, his, his kingdom is basically threatened And he's told he's going to die in uh, chapter 20 of Second Kings, it says, uh, it, it's worded like this, I will add to thee 15 years and I will deliver thee out of this city, out of the hand of the king of Assyria and I will defend it, this city for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. The only reason I read those verses is regarding our salvation it has nothing to do with works. It's a simple simple uh, thought that's given to us in Ephesians it's by grace you are saved through faith right? even though Hezekiah had many wonderful works he trusted the Lord the Lord is telling him I will save thee I will add years to your life and I will save the city for my name's sake and for thy servant my servant David's sake the sure mercies of David right uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's a study in scripture where, where God would make a covenant with David Regardless of what would happen Because of his servant David that he loved He promised them These sure mercies We have those sure mercies in Christ It's not through anything that we do Not any through any work of righteousness That we could possibly do That we rely That we put our trust in Trust, right? I am my trust My faith is in Christ To save me it's in in, in in christ alone i 'm not trusting anything that i do i 'm trusting in, in the justice of god in, in, in his redemptive work in the cross in redeeming me in, ju- in, in, in justifying me not not through my own strength just as as he would he would save the city because of his servant david 's sake. you know at the beginning of the message there 's two two different categories that I said remember there 's uh, accord, did good according to what servant David did or accord, did evil according to what Jeroboam did and that's still true today there's just two categories there's God's side and then there's the devil's side you recall uh, in, in Philippians we, we, we are to have just like the, the good kings would have the mindset of David we are to have the mindset of Christ let this mind be in you which is in Christ's also, that's what the Christian should be striving for. Uh, just as his father David did, did good, uh, be, um, to as many as received them. to them he gave power to become sons of God. Sons of God. We have to put our trust in the correct person to be in that right category. And you think of, of those wicked uh, Pharisees or, or not just, just that group of Jews that were there that supposedly would believe in Christ in John chapter 8. And then after a certain discussion, uh, Christ would show them that their hearts were not believing on Him. They said, we, they, we believe in you, Christ. He says, oh, you believe on me? Well, you should, if you believe on me, you should, um, I mean, a blank here. Uh, uh, abide in my word And the truth will set you free And they're like We're not slaves uh, to nobody We're of our father Abraham Eventually Christ would tell him Thou art of the father the devil If your confidence is in the wrong place In the wrong person In the wrong In, in a relic In, in, in some task you do In your works You are of the father the devil Let's just look to the Lord for guidance, for gracious Lord and our Father, we're so thankful for for these scriptures, Father. For even though there are ancient times and ancient stories, they still reveal us great spiritual truths, Father. We ask that uh, you would help us to to uh, trust in, in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That we would trust in you uh, as as a Christians walking through this world, as pilgrims. That our confidence we placed. On, on your word, Father, and not in ourselves. We see the the the, the atrocities that, that that would happen to King David when he would not be uh, uh, fighting the, the the Lord's battles and, and he would just be stagnant, not not doing anything. He would he would fall in sin with Bathsheba, Father. We pray that we would slowly depend on you, not in ourselves, that we would not be stagnant. Uh, that we would be constantly meditating on your word, not quenching the spirit, Father. We ask that uh, these things would be an encouragement to, to myself as, as, and the saints also. We ask these things in your son's most precious name. Amen.